Today on this episode of The Crossover, we will be discussing the college football playoffs with ESPN and ACC network analyst, as well as former NFL QB and first-round draft pick, EJ Manuel. Learn who the favorites are, what the keys to upsets will be, and expert predictions. Much more on this episode of The Crossover. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm going to be talking some college football playoffs today with my good friend EJ Manuel. EJ, Dr. what's Rick. up, man? What's going on, Rick? How you doing, man? Good, man. How's everything? Uh, everything is good. Uh, finally had somewhat of a day off. So it's funny. I didn't even really know what to do with myself. If I'm being honest. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm so used to getting to a workout, getting to a radio show or a TV show or helping my, my wife out with Sakima. Um, so I, today was actually like a free day, um, which was nice. So how are you? How's Anna? How's the wife? How's everybody doing? Everyone's good, man. Everyone's good. I'm, I'm going to do a brief introduction because I know you're on a hard stop at 430. But um, we have the pleasure of talking with my good friend and colleague today, uh, EJ Manuel. Uh, he's currently an ESPN and ACC network analyst. Uh, as background, former NFL QB and first round draft pick by the Bills. Uh, it kind of pains me to say it as a hurricane, but he was the most productive quarterback in Florida State history, uh, leading the Seminoles to a 25-6 and record with wins in the Orange Bowl, ACC Championship game, and Gator Bowl. He also earned uh, all ACC honors and was named the uh, 2013 Senior Bowl MVP and is here to discuss the college football playoffs, which just got released a couple days ago. So anyway, EJ, man, thanks for being on the show. Super pumped to talk to you about what your what your predictions are. Yeah, no, I'm excited to be on. Uh, you know, we've we've been friends for a couple months now and obviously very appreciative of you and all you've done for my family, of course. But um, I know you're a Kane and I, I know it hurts, Rick, that the <laughs> Canes aren't involved. And look, I told I put the uh I put the uh story out that we were gonna have this conversation and I said there'd be no Miami or Florida State slander, but uh no, nah, in all seriousness, I do expect the Canes to be much better next year, so I'm excited for that team. But uh, nonetheless, man, it's uh, it's been a long year and it's been a fun year too. So I'm excited that we're about to have bowl season and the CFP and Heisman Trophy coming up soon. So a lot of uh, exciting no, it things. Should be great. Football. So so let's just jump right into it. You know, what are your initial impressions on the selection committee's four picks? Initial impressions were that they did a good job. Um, you look at Georgia, obviously winning the SEC, being the undefeated team. Uh, the number two, Michigan, another undefeated team, uh, winning the Big Ten. Uh, and then three, four, five, six, that's where it always gets a little dicey, um, considering uh, these teams have losses. You know, uh, the third team is obviously TCU. They play in the Big 12 championship. They don't win it. But, again, if you look at the way that they played in that game, taking it to overtime, having opportunities to still win it, um, also going undefeated in the regular season. I'm glad the committee honored that because that's not easy to do. And I feel like in college football, at least in my four years of covering it, um, there's a narrative around, you know, we get used to these teams being great. And I feel like we still need to celebrate when these teams have excellent seasons like this. And then obviously number four being Ohio State. I thought Ohio State would have got in whether they won or lost that game against Michigan in the regular season mainly because if the game was going to be close, and it wasn't, you know, Michigan blew them out at Ohio State's house. But I still feel like when the committee looked at it and they said, we need the four best teams, Ohio State was one of the four. Also with Alabama having multiple losses, 
Um, Tennessee having multiple losses. So that's why I said five, six, seven. They didn't really have a shot because they also lost more than two games. I mean, would you do anything different? It was up to you. I mean, it sounds like you're you're totally on board with what they selected. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have did anything different. Um, when you look at it, you still, again, have to honor the TCU. And it's weird because the narrative when TCU first was in the rankings as far as being in the top four, top five, you know, a lot of the, you know, voices that I heard at ESPN was making it seem like they didn't want to honor the fact that they were undefeated or, oh, they didn't have that great of a year. Or, oh, they didn't do this. I mean, this team was undefeated. They have a Heisman potential winning quarterback in Max Duggan. Uh, they have a solid defense, you know, a serviceable defense. So I was happy with it. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, if I had to pick, well, I'll let you ask me that question if I, if I get to it. But um, yeah. I am happy with where we are with the top four. And the other part is there's some really good bowl games as well, not just in the CFP, but also um, just some straight up regular bowl games. That I think are going to be a lot of fun. No, absolutely. And I wish we had more time to go over all the bowl games, but but let's jump into the first semifinal, uh, Georgia versus the Buckeyes. Who's your pick and why? This is a hard one because the Buckeyes have a very good quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Um, the wide receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba, pretty much announced that he's not going to play in this game. He's going to move on and, uh, you know, get drafted extremely high in the NFL draft in the spring. Uh, but they still have a bunch of great players. You know, Mayan Williams, at running back, Marvison Harrison Jr., a receiver, a couple other guys skill-wise. Um, so I really think this is going to be a competitive football game. This is not going to be a game where Georgia just comes out, they're dominant, they blow them out, anything like that. C.J. Stroud is too good of a quarterback. Uh, so I really believe it's going to come down to which QB has the best day. Um, I pick – Oh, I, I would say it's hard not to pick Georgia, so I'll go with Georgia just because in order to beat Georgia – you have to play pretty much a 60-minute perfect ball game. And that's hard to do with the situation. It's the semifinal in CFP. Uh, but I think the main thing is Georgia's able to find ways to turn you over on defense, or they're able to get points on special teams with a huge kickoff return. Stetson Bennett is about as consistent as a college quarterback as you could ask for. Also another Heisman finalist. So I would take Georgia in that semifinal. One key to the Buckeyes pulling off the upset, what would it be? One key, I would say, win the turnover margin. And uh, for any of our uh, viewers here that don't know what the turnover margin is, it means if, you know, let's say Ohio State gets uh, gets three takeaways on defense, they get two interceptions and one fumble, and then they don't throw any interceptions, they don't fumble the ball at all, that's plus three on the turnover margin. So I think that's key in these types of games because you're really playing good on good. I mean, Ohio State and Georgia recruit the same kids. So as far as the level of talent, it's pretty equal. And I just believe it comes down to turnover margin and who does great in situations, third down, red zone, um, you know, those hitting yards and punt return, you know, don't make any boneheaded mistakes and hit guys late, give yourself, you know, penalties and free yards and things like that. So that's going to be the key for Ohio State winning that ball game. All right, second game, Michigan versus TCU. Who's your pick and why? Ooh, this is hard, again, because – I feel like the way that the committee placed these teams, not that they did it to set up specific games, I think they put them in order of how they felt these were the best teams. Um, TCU and Michigan are a lot alike, if you think about it. The only thing with Michigan is that they're missing their starting running back. Blake Corum, he's uh, going to get surgery. I think he tore his ACL or something like that, and so he's going to be out. But Donovan Edwards, their backup running back, has rushed for over 200 yards. 
in the past two weeks. So he's going to be excellent. Uh, my pick, ah, my pick, I'm going to go with Michigan. And I know it's the easy way out because of the number two team. <laughs> Seriously, I feel like the way Coach Harbaugh teaches and coaches his team is like NFL teams. You know, they handle the situations, as I mentioned, about the Georgia-Ohio State game. J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback for the Wolverines, is a, a, a rising star. He's still young, but he's a, he's a guy that really gets it. Um, and I feel like he's ready for these big-time moments. I think when you look at TCU, the fact that they lost that game in the Big 12 championship, a lot of emotion. And granted, there's three or four weeks in between these two games. Uh, but I just believe that overall, if you put the skill level you know, side by side, uh, I, I think it's going to be close. But I think Michigan finds a way to etch it out at the end just because they can run the ball at a high clip uh, and also have a solid defense as well that can get after a pass rusher. So what do the Horned Frogs need to do to pull off the upset in your opinion? Well, they got to score a lot of points. I think early on in this game, you know, for one is to really show that hey, we belong here. And I don't think anybody in TCU's camp, Coach Sonny Dykes, doesn't think that they don't belong in there. But I just believe the national narrative is that Michigan's the juggernaut. They're supposed to be the team that gets to the championship and win it, this kind of stuff. And so I think for TCU's own confidence is go out there and start fast, you know, take shots, uh, make Michigan respect you. Don't just feel like, uh, you know, you can go out there and, you know, dink and dunk and things like that. Of course, be smart with the football. But I, I would like for the, you know, for Max Duggan to take shots. Uh, he has a great receiver, Johnston, one of the like a six four, six five guy that can catch those fifty fifty balls, and also has two very good running backs. One of them is Kendra Miller, uh, or Kendra Moore. I forgot the last name, but he's a very good running back, went well over a thousand yards. Um, so I think it's going to be like I said, a close game. But nonetheless, if I'm TCU, hey, playing with house money at this point, take shots and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so true. Everyone knows they're excellent, but we're used to Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan. So there is that underdog kind of role that they have to play in. You know, every year there's always storylines in the playoffs, either like a Cinderella team or a feel-good story. You know, what is the best storyline of this year's playoffs, in your opinion? Is there one? I think the fact that we have uh, three of the Heisman finalists in the CFP. Um, you know, I think when you look at Stetson Bennett, you look at C.J. Stroud, you look at Max Duggan. Um, if USC would have gotten there, it would have been Caleb Williams as well, who's also a finalist. Um, a lot of people don't like that because now it's being considered a quarterback award. As a QB, I don't mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, I do think there were some running backs that were deserving, Blake Corum, Bajon Robinson from Texas. Uh, but I think the key in the storyline in this game is that you're going to really see the best of the best of the best, right? And when you have guys that are going to be in New York for the Heisman Trophy, you have guys, now one of them I'm sure is going to probably win it. Um, you know, I think that part makes the storyline and, you know, more appealing. Another part too, Rick, I want to see is what players decide to, to actually play in the game or which players decide to forego it and get ready for the NFL draft. In recent years, since the CFP has been out, it's almost CFP or bust with a lot of these players. And we see guys that know they'll get drafted first, second round, potentially, that will then sit out of these bowl games. Now, I think when you have a chance to win a national championship, you don't want to sit out of that one. You know what I mean? That's the moment that you may not make it to the Super Bowl. So if this is your moment, you know, really take advantage of it. So I think that's another storyline and key to watch and see what these players decide to do in the next couple of weeks. Because the other part, transfer portal. You know, you got a lot of players yep. that are getting in the portal. Uh, some are in the portal and still want to play in the championship game. I don't know how that works for these coaches. Uh, but college football has definitely changed than what it was when I was playing. And that was 12 years ago. You know what I mean? So um, th those are some storylines I'm looking forward to seeing. What would you say 
will be the most exciting semifinal game. Out of most exciting is Georgia. Yeah, Georgia and Ohio State uh, will be the most exciting. Um, great defense uh, versus a very, very great offense. And I can't say enough good things about C.J. Stroud. Uh, I believe he'll be the first, if not the second, quarterback taken in the NFL draft. I think he's that good. Uh, I, I think he throws excellent passes and throws catch and run passes. He's, he's one of those guys, like, when you turn the tape on, you get to study these dudes during the week. I mean, I look forward to watching him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to see what kind of throw, what kind of creativity he had in the pocket. Um, so I, I think that's going to be the most exciting game. Um, and also considering Georgia's the defending champs, you know. So I think there's going to be a huge moment for Ohio State to also right the wrong in the sense of losing to Michigan. Look, if you lose to Michigan, similar to Florida State, Miami, if one of us lose that game, you're pissed off for the next 365 days. And so Correct. what better opportunity for Ohio State to achieve that rematch by beating Georgia and potentially getting a chance to play the Wolverines one more time. Now, so you're predicting Georgia versus Michigan in the finals. Yeah. What do you think about that game? I mean, Georgia smacked Michigan up pretty good last year, right? Yeah, they did. But again, I just feel like Michigan's a different team, mainly because of J.J. McCarthy. Uh, you know, he's an athletic quarterback. Um, K. McNamara was a very good quarterback in Michigan. I don't want to take anything away from what he did. He won him a Big Ten title last year. Took him to a uh, college football playoff berth. Um, but just, you know, you're looking at Georgia last year as one of the best defenses of all time in college football. I forgot yeah. how many guys got drafted, but maybe in the double digits, right? So I just believe when you look at another matchup potentially between Michigan and Georgia, that's where I say it would be great to have a Blake Corm because he will be that calming force against the Georgia defense. You know, that's just an extra layer, uh, you know, that coach uh, coach would have to prepare for for that Georgia team, man. Like, look, we got to stop the run first and make J.J. McCarthy beat us as a young QB. Uh, so I just believe when you look at it, I still – if it comes down to Georgia-Michigan, I still think Georgia would probably have the best chance to win it again because in order to beat them, you almost got to play a 60-minute perfect ball game. Wow, okay, so your pick is Georgia. I think I think that's that's the overwhelming favorite considering how dominant they've been this year. So you're picking Georgia to repeat as national champs this year. I am. Um, again, and when I, when I actually think about it and I look at it, and, of course, this could change. You know what I mean? Like there's a couple weeks in between this game, and guys will decide to play, guys will decide not to play. Uh, and I do think that can swing some of, you know, people's picks in this game. But as it stands right now with these current rosters, I just believe that Georgia is one of those teams. Once they get in the round of four, man, like all you got to do is win that day. And uh, Kirby Smart, you know, knows how to win these games. His team embraces these types of games, these big time matchups. Um, and also, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say the first game is in Atlanta, I think. Uh, so that's pretty much a home game for the Bulldogs. Uh, so yeah, I, I like Georgia's chances pretty good as long as all these guys stay healthy. What's now up, let's mom? shift gears. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. Um, let's get a, a, just a question about a little bit a different topic. What are your thoughts on the expansion going to 12 teams in 2024? Good or bad for college football? Great for college football. Uh, it's, it's simple. I, I think this is going to add to a lot of competitive games in November. Uh, I believe this is going to be um, something that really makes the playoff a true playoff. You know, instead of just having two rounds with a semifinal and a final, now you're going to have what will be called the first round, the quarterfinal, the semifinal, and then the actual championship game. And there's, you know, eight other teams beside this four that I feel like deserve a chance to play for the title. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think 
having four teams is enough. You know, I want I want to see you know a number eleven seed get an opportunity to play on the road against a six seed and potentially beat them and upset them and then get a chance because we see this in the NFL all the time. You know, where there's a wild card that gets in, uh, they may not have the best regular season record, but they find a way to get wins in the playoffs, and that's really all that matters. It's a completely different season, so I love it. Uh, and as somebody who covers it, um, I'm excited for it, and I think it's sorely needed. So what's the format going to look like, right? 12 teams might be a little bit odd. It's not kind of single, you know, matchups. What is the proposed format of a 12-team playoff? Right. So the first four teams will have what's called the first round bye. Uh, Teams five through eight will then host a home game at either their site or a site that they designate that's near their university and campus. And then teams nine through 12 will obviously play on the road uh, between five and eight. Um, and I think the way that it works is the highest ranked conference champions uh, will kind of align in one through four. And then I'm, I'm kind of mistaken on how they do the fifth because there's, you know, obviously power five um, as far as the conferences with the championships. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I just feel like when you have, you know, a seven playing an 11 or, you know, a, a five playing a 12, I just feel like that's going to be a fun matchup. I mean, imagine, you know, let's say, Let's look at the top 25 right now real quick because I feel like that will actually give us a good sense of how this will look. If I can find the rankings, just kind of pair it. Bear with me. So if you had, as it stands right now, five would be Alabama, six is Tennessee, seven is Clemson, eight is Utah, Kansas State's nine, USC's 10, Penn State's 11, Washington's 12. So imagine a Washington matchup (laughs) at Alabama you know what I mean? Oh, like, awesome. you get a chance to get to the college football playoff. Like, what better way would you want, you know, your holiday Amazing. season to get kicked off? So I just feel like when you look at those types of matchups, and then, like I said, you know, the games in the regular season in late October, November are going to matter so much more because those are be the games that actually decide if you get in the playoff or not. You know what I mean? So I think that part and that spectacle will be a lot of fun. How is that expansion going to affect – the actual regular season, right? Because you're adding two more weeks, right? You're you're basically adding two weeks or one week. You're adding two weeks. You're so adding, you're adding two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, what is the idea with how does that affect the regular season? Are they starting earlier? Are there are there are there no bye weeks? Are you ending later? Yeah, I would assume. And again, this is still getting rolled out because it's going to be one more year until this begins in 2024. But I would assume. You know, we have week zero in college football. Um, and I also, this is beside this question, I also think college football deserves or needs like a preseason game too uh, because I feel like teams, you know, it's hard to just go out there and play, you know, a big-time matchup like an Oregon and Georgia first week of the season. And then that game actually hurts Oregon late in the run. But anyway, I just think that you'll add, you know, either an earlier week in the season to start it um, or you just – I guess you don't have that lull. So, for example, if last weekend was conference championships, uh, maybe, you know, you have one week off and then the following week is actual, you know, first round of the CFP. Uh, So I think that was the big fuss about it, Rick, as far as, you know, when they wanted to start the college football playoff um, because of the student, you know, the students. I mean, these guys are still student athletes. And I feel like as we get deeper and deeper in CFP, transfer portal, um, all these other things that go into college football. Now we're getting away from the education piece. I don't like that. 
because I still feel like we need to make that paramount. I know you're a neurosurgeon. I got my degree in communications, and I'm glad because it's something I fell back on once I was done with my football career. I got into you know broadcasting, and I use my degree. So I just feel like these young men still need to take their their school stuff seriously. But I just think you add in two more weeks into the season, and uh, you know I don't think anybody's gonna be mad about that. I know the fans won't be. Now, what about the conference realignment? I mean, everyone's moving. Power Five is shifting. How will the college football playoff expansion affect realignment, right? Because you're talking about conference championships obviously getting priority. You know, do you think Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, obviously that's a big jump. You know, is that going to affect realignment, this whole playoff expansion? I don't think it will affect it. Um, in fact, I think what it will do is make it harder for some of those teams to get into the college football playoff. Uh, now, I don't think any team shies away from competition. Texas is a national brand. Oklahoma is a national blue blood, blue blood brand. Um, so they'll have to fend for their own in the SEC. Uh, UCLA, USC both headed to the Big Ten. That'll be interesting to see how the travel schedules work for them. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think realignment shouldn't necessarily change anything for the actual 12-team playoff. Uh, and those schools, you know, consideration, I feel like it's just going to make it a little harder for them to get in. Because now those conferences become even heavier. You know, instead of having 12 teams, now you got 14 uh, or 15 teams within that thing. So in order to win your conference championship, to have an automatic qualification to get in the playoff, it's going to be much harder. But that's why I said the competition level is going to be even greater in the regular season. Now, tell people or, or at least explain why the Rose Bowls buy-in was so important. There was a big delay in terms of finalizing this expansion, and it really hinged upon – the Rose Bowl, and I didn't understand it until I read into it, but just maybe explain yeah. to, to our listeners why that was so important. Well, the Rose Bowl had a contract uh, with, I, I assume, ESPN through 2026 uh, for a specific day and time to have their Rose Bowl game. Um, and I, I, I don't know when the window is. I think it's this year is going to be January 2nd that the Rose Bowl is going to be played. Uh, and they wanted to be played, I, I want to say, at like 530 Eastern time to catch the sunrise or the sunset, excuse me, over the mountains out there in LA. Pasadena is a gorgeous place and the Rose Bowl is even nicer. Um, but that was a big piece. You know, the Rose Bowl wanted their rights, you know, and it's more than just a game. There's also a parade. Uh, there's a flea market. There's all types of activities that go on during New Year's in Los Angeles at the Rose Bowl. And that was something that the Rose Bowl people wanted to keep, uh, even with expansion. So I'm personally happy that, you know, the Rose Bowl didn't necessarily let their ego, keep them out of it. Because the way I, I read it, as well as you, Rick, is that, you know, the Coswell Playoff Committee was more or less like, all right, you either get in or you just be out. Like, we won't have a Rose Bowl game. We won't play any of these games for the Coswell Playoff. Uh, so I'm glad that they, you know, got over it and accepted it. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, that's the biggest granddaddy of them all. I forgot who coined that, uh, maybe Brent Musburger. But, you know, that's the game that I most look forward to. Even though it's not a CFP game this year, I'm still going to be looking forward to, to that one. Now, let me just wrap it up because I know you're super busy, but you got drafted the year before the playoffs began. How much do you wish you had played in that environment? How much do you miss that opportunity? Well, for one, looking back on it, I, I feel like – well, I'll answer the question. I, I miss it a lot. One, because I feel like with the playoff, even if you're in the top four, you still have a chance to win the championship. And I feel like that's important. You know, I feel like even now as we expand to 12, that's going to be – so much more fun for these players. You know what I mean? Like these guys work hard, man. And it's hard to win a lot of games. It's hard to be a top 10 team at the end of the year in the country. We see so many teams 
that started top 15 in the AP rankings and they're not even ranked. You know what I mean? So I feel like when you actually quantify your work and your wins and get an opportunity to get rewarded with a championship berth, uh, that's always exciting as a player. But yeah, I missed it. But, you know, again, I don't look back and say, oh, well, I wish I could have did this. Or I, the only thing I, I probably wish that I had was NIL, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you could actually really monetize and leverage your name, image, and your likeness. And I think that that's a key part for these players now is to really understand that they control the reins of their careers. Listen, man, I'm going to let you roll because I know you got family time. Uh, exciting playoffs coming up. So your pick is Georgia versus Michigan in the finals. Georgia winning. I tend to agree, man, but it's going to be super exciting. Thanks for your time. And more importantly, I hope next year the Canes-Knowles matchup is a little bit more competitive than it was this year because that was that was tough yeah. to watch, man. That was tough. Hey, Rick, I felt like this year would have been the year for y'all to do it, man, because now the Knowles, they're not looking back. They, they ready. No, they ain't looking so. back at all. You guys look like you guys are you guys yeah. are in it next year for the Absolutely. for the Natty. So we'll Absolutely, see. Absolutely, man. Yep, well, all right, man. Hopefully have I'll a great day. Soon, I'll talk to you soon. To you. All right. Sounds good. Same, man. Take care. Yes, sir. All right. You got it.